the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Feast Day to each of you. This evening, it would be profitable for us, I think, to uh, examine the actions, the saving actions of Jesus Christ in terms of humility and obedience. And to look at those things uh, specifically in terms of uh, what might be called the three great condescensions of the Lord in his birth, his baptism, and his saving passion on the cross, his descent into Hades. St. Nikolai reminds us that the Lord God lends light to the sun, and the sun shines as though with its own light, but in fact, it's God's light. He lends voice to the thunder and the winds, and they're heard, but He is not heard. He lends beauty to the mountains, the meadows, they're all resplendent in beauty as though they were their own, while God's beauty remains shrouded in mystery. He lends beauty and fragrance to the flowers of the field, and the beautiful flowers give off their fragrance as if it was their own, while God's fragrance goes unnoticed. And we could go on and on, but you get, you get the point, right? God hides, you know, we see a beautiful sunrise. We don't see the Lord God popping his head above the horizon and say, Look, I did that. Why? Very simply, because God is humble. God is humble. And so, if we're going to be like God, we need to be humble also. In His first great condescension, the Lord descends from the heavens to the earth to take on human flesh. But, where are all the king's horses and all the king's men? Where are they at his birth? They're nowhere. Well, they're there, but to a large extent invisible. Is he born in a palace? No, he's born in a cave. Has he got a nice soft bed? No, he's laying in a feed trough. Why? Humility and obedience. Obedience to God the Father. And in his second condescension, as he descends into the waters, he goes largely unnoticed. St. Nikolai points out that Everybody wanted to go out and see John the Baptist. You know, this crazy man with wild hair and hanging out in the wilderness and coming up in the Jordan and preaching repentance and wearing camel's uh, hair. And let's go see it. Not that they were serious about repentance. Some of them were. But most of them were curiosity seekers. And everybody knew who John the Baptist was. 
And Jesus comes to John the Baptist, basically moving through the crowds, perhaps with his mother and other close relatives, basically unnoticed. Nobody sees him coming. Again, where's the, where's the processional? The creator and king of all is coming to be baptized. Where's the processional? He doesn't call any attention to himself. Like the uh, prophet uh, said, there was nothing, there was no beauty that we should desire him. Prophet Isaiah. It takes John the Baptist announcing who it is and bowing be, be, before him. No, you should be baptizing me. No, we need to fulfill all the righteousness. And so the Lord was humble. He did not come with great fanfare, and he came in obedience to fulfill all the righteousness and to fulfill the law. And his third and great condescension on the cross, where, how, is he defending himself? He's standing before Pilate, not saying a word. Humility. The one who made the leather and the metal that went into the whips on his back, the one who made those material things, submits to the blows without a word, lets himself be nailed to the, to the cross, lets himself be killed. Why? Obedience, humility. Some might ask, how is it, how does Christ take on the sin of the world? And I think most of us would think, well, he took on the sins of the world when he died on the cross. But St. Nikolai, again, points out that he took on the sins of the world in, in his entire incarnational life on this earth. He took on um, uh, Herod's evil. He fled into the wilderness with his mother and his uh, uh, guardian, Joseph. Fled down into Egypt. Why? Because they were trying to kill him, sacrifice. And he's taking on the sins of the world in that he's taking on this burden of being hunted like a rabbit. And after, then he, he comes to the baptism. And he goes down into the water. St. Nikolai says, he re taught us, recapitulated the whole history of Israel in a similar way that he did at, at his birth. He reenacted the flood during the days of Noah. He reenacted what we just heard in the Old Testament lesson of, of Pharaoh and the enemies of God being drowned in the water. When he went down into the water, he drowned 
the old man. He drowned it. He drowned the sin of the old man. And of course, when he hung on the cross, he took on the sins of the whole world in a propitiatory way and descended in the ultimate sacrifice into Hades to free the captives. In each instance, we hear in the hymnody that he comes after Adam. Have you ever noticed that before? He comes to save Adam. He's born as in Bethlehem to save Adam. He descends into the water to save Adam. He dies on the cross to save Adam. There's one hymn that even says he carries, he takes Adam in his arms and carries him down in the water. <laughs> one of the epiphany hymns. And so, descent, descent, descent. It's all looking at our salvation in, in various degrees. He took on the sins of the, after he was baptized, he went into the wilderness and he took on Satan. And Satan tried to trip him up with the way he'd been tripping up mankind for thousands of years. He tried to get him in the mind, you know, cast yourself from the temple and the angels will catch you and everybody will go, wow! You know, the lo love of eminence, the love of preeminence, the love of pride. If you are hungry, you haven't eaten for 40 days, turn the stone into bread and eat. Lo love of ease. The love of, of satiation and, and satisfaction. Bow down and worship me and you can have it all. You can have everything. Power. Money. But where would Jesus' heart go if he bowed down and worshipped Satan? So he... He took on the sins of the world that the devil had been tempted mankind with and the mind and the will and the heart from the beginning of time. And he took those sins and he defeated them because he would not give in on any of those points in any of those ways. He took it and he beat it. Just like he took on our, our, our sins and descended into hell and beat hell. He beat the devil. He beat the alliance of evil men and evil rulers with the devil. And he beat Herod. See how all of, the, all of this lines up. And so we come to celebrate our baptism into Christ. Jesus didn't get anything out of baptism. He put something into baptism. He didn't need his sins washed away. 
He put the washing away of sins into the water. He sanctified the water so that when we go down into the water, we can receive the life anew. Do you believe it? Do you really believe it? Do I really believe it? You know, maybe we could extend it to a third party and ask ourselves if we believe it or not. Let's think about our children for a minute. And especially those of us who have grown children. And I want you to hear what St. Nikolai says. And we'll conclude with this. By going down into the water, we die with Christ. And by coming up out of it, we are united with the living Christ. The gentle Spirit of God hovers over us as a dove inspiring us with His almighty grace. And the Father, through the love of Jesus Christ, adopts us as sons and proclaims this adoption with His voice. Then He asks this question, Who can know what, at the moment of baptism, takes place in the heart of a child? darkened and dejected by later sins, we forget this greatest and heavenly mystery that's revealed to us at baptism. For by baptism we're cleansed from every sin, although after our baptism we are met with satanic temptation to which Christ did not submit as we do. He took him on after baptism and won. He takes us on after our baptism and more often than not, we lose. But those of us who take thought for our salvation day and night with total humility and obedience to God can be made worthy of the revelation of the great and divine mysteries such as were revealed at the Jordan, just as many of the saints and martyrs for Christ have been made worthy of this vision. Do you worry about your children, your relatives, and your friends? Tonight, and on this great day in the church, we need to cling to this one thought, that we don't know what happens in the heart of a child when they're baptized into Christ. And I believe that thing that we don't know is something great. Something more powerful than the devil. And something that ultimately will bring victory in that person's life. Do you believe it? I believe it, and that's part of the reason why today is a happy feast day.